Welcome to the I Have ADHD podcast, where it's all about education, encouragement, and coaching for adults with ADHD. I'm your host, Kristen Carter, and I have ADHD. Let's chat about the frustrations, humor, and challenges of adulting, relationships, working, and achieving with this neurodevelopmental disorder. I'll help you understand your unique brain, unlock your potential, and move from point A to point B. Hey, what's up? This is Kristen Carter, and you are listening to the I Have ADHD podcast, episode number 52. How are you? I hope that you are doing so well. I am coming at you live from my bedroom where I have quarantined myself to get away from my three noisy children. There is no escape right now. Um, And if you hear screaming in the background, they're not being tortured. They are playing Fortnite and um, having the time of their lives playing with their friends. I don't know. They're wearing microphones and they're playing Fortnite. This is all I know about the game. There's killing involved and there's microphones and there's a lot of yelling involved in this game, apparently. Um, I have really had to manage my mind around how much screen time I'm allowing the boys to have over the last month. But the thing is, like, these are just not normal times. They have zero interaction with their friends, and this is how they keep um, their relationships. This is how they're interacting, and it's fine. It's totally fine, let's be honest. We did e-learning today until like 3.30. It was not super fun. I had to do proportionate ratios with my middle schooler, and um, you know, I'm a 38-year-old, almost 39-year-old woman who really doesn't want to have to think about that. But I am learning, and uh, we were all happy when it was over today. (laughs) How are you holding up? How are things going for you? I am just so glad that I'm getting this in under the wire at the very last minute. It's 5.30 Monday evening. This is going to drop tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m., so like I'm 13 hours in advance, that feels that feels great. It's fine. Um, it's a different world we're living in, and I'm just glad that it's getting done. Today, we're going to talk about how to get out of bed on time. I use the words on time very loosely, but we're going to talk about how to get out of bed on time. But before we do, I want to shout out someone who I love. It is one of my clients. I worked one-on-one with her for a while, and now she is in focused. This win was posted by Sarah in our Share Your Wins thread on Slack. So we have this community on Slack And we have a channel for sharing the things that we're doing right, sharing the way that coaching is improving our lives. And this is what Sarah said. Um, She said, today I was laid off. I was sort of expecting that this was coming, but hoping that it wouldn't. And this is my second time being laid off this year. But because of the coaching that I've done with Kristen, I didn't have a meltdown. I know this circumstance is neutral, and the fact is that I was laid off, but I get to decide how I want to feel about that circumstance. I'm deciding to feel okay about it and prepared for what's next. My thoughts are that I'm not alone in this. 
I'm so grateful to be in coaching right now and that the topics are so relevant, time management and now emotional regulation. I would normally give up and feel like a failure and I would feel like my world is collapsing, but my brain is retrained now at least for this situation. Sarah, I am so proud of you, and I'm so excited to be able to shout you out on this podcast because you are an example of what is possible. To be going through a layoff right now, which is so relatable to so many people, and instead of freaking out and melting down, which you're totally entitled to do, and I'm sure that that happens from time to time, but for your primary thought to be, I'm not alone, I'm grateful to be coached, and I'm moving forward. I'm just so excited for you because I know I have walked beside you in this before, and I know that you're going to find an awesome job again. Yay, you guys. This is so, so fun. You know, I often have thoughts like, how much should I really be talking about focused on this podcast? I for sure do not want to be annoying anybody, but at the same time, I want to make sure that you all know that coaching and support and encouragement is available to you at a relatively very low price. And I just want to just throw it out there. This is not an easy time for a lot of people, and this is the perfect time to get coaching. This is the perfect time to dive into a community of educated, professional adults with ADHD. This is the perfect time to take advantage of a program like Focus because one-on-one coaching is not cheap and it shouldn't be cheap. Coaching should not be cheap because it's extremely valuable. But um, this kind of membership program that offers coaching three times a week and workbooks and community, and I just, I can't say enough about how valuable I think it is. So even if you're just considering it, go check it out on the website. I have ADHD.com slash focus and just go give it a look. Uh, I have a video on there that I made with my videographer, Hugo, who is amazing. And uh, you'll get a sense for like who I am and how I coach and a little bit more information about the program. Again, it's really hard to know how much to say. I actually got the kindest email from someone saying like, hey, thanks for not selling all the time on the podcast. Like I really appreciate your um, you know, approach to advertising, which is so amazing. But at the same time, because I'm a coach and I understand how the human brain works, I know that that's just her thought. And I know that that is going to be balanced with other people who are like, I am so sick of hearing about your stupid stuff or whatever. So I guess what I'm trying to say is no matter what your thought is about this, I hope that you still enjoy the podcast, that you have a great time listening, that the value far exceeds the five minutes I take to talk about this program. But I will say uh, it's super fun. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. That is it. I'm grabbing my notes. Here we go. I'm leaning on, if you could only see this. Okay, if we are like buddies on Instagram, go check out my stories. You can see the podcast setup that I have today. It is a, um, what do you call this thing? It's a bin. 
it's a plastic bin that I store my clothes in. So I brought my summer clothes in from the garage. We store them in a like a Tupperware. Why can't I think of the word? I have no idea. And I'm sitting on my bed, cross-legged with my mic and my computer propped up on this plastic bin. It's super classy. Guys, I like to keep it classy for you because I know it's really important to all of you. Okay, today we are going to talk about getting out of bed on time. And like I said, I'm using the term on time very loosely. Basically, when I say on time, what I mean is getting out of bed when you want to. Getting out of bed when you've decided you're going to get out of bed. You would be shocked at how often I coach on this topic. It is so relevant to so many people. Getting out of bed on time is a very difficult thing for maybe just all humans to do, but I think especially humans with ADHD, especially adults with ADHD who are not being forced out of bed by their parents, right? Like when I was a teenager, my parents would make sure that I got out of bed, but now I'm an adult and, you know, like my mom doesn't live with me, which is good because that would be weird. But I'm just saying there's no one making me get out of bed. I probably coach on this topic once a week, um, you know, between focused and my one-on-one clients, at least once a week. It is, it's a serious issue. So many of us don't know why we can't get out of bed when we want to. So what I hear all the time is like, I'm just not sure why, but I just like can't seem to wake up. And so I want to dive into that. I just don't know why. Here's the thing. Whenever my client says, I don't know, I always make them answer. I say, your brain has the answer. So tell me why. And we always get to the bottom of it. Their brain always does have the answer. I don't know is a cop-out. It is a way of deflecting responsibility. It's a way of deflecting hard work, of figuring out why you're doing what you're doing or why you're not doing something that you want to do, okay? So don't let yourself think, I don't know. I don't know why. It's so weird. I'm not sure. Why am I doing this? I don't even know. Okay, those are not useful to you. You should, if you notice yourself thinking that, I want you to sit down with a piece of paper immediately and write the question at the top of the paper. So in this case, it would be, why didn't I get out of bed this morning when my alarm clock went off? And I want you to stay there until you come up with an actual answer. Okay? Most of us think that we need a better system. I just need like more alarms or I need a louder alarm or I need a clock with like the sun, the the wake up like sunshine thing, which I will say does not hurt at all. It is very helpful. I have one of those and I'm telling you, it does make a difference. But if I have not managed my mind, it doesn't matter what systems I have in place, I'm still not going to wake up when I want to wake up, okay? The system is not the problem. Newsflash, the system is never the problem. We always want to fix the system because fixing the system is fun. Like that's the part that we can research and we can ask questions and we can buy things and shop, right? Like that's the fun part is fixing the system. But as with most things, the system is not the problem. 
What's the problem? We all know the answer, right? It's kind of like when you're in Sunday school and the answer is always Jesus. So when we're on this podcast and I ask you what the answer is, the answer is always thoughts, right? It's always thoughts. Our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings drive our actions, and our actions ultimately give us our results. And this is the exact same scenario when it comes to getting out of bed on time, okay? So if we're going to solve this problem, we need to get to the bottom of why. Why am I not waking up on time, okay? So before we can get to the solution of how to fix it, we need to figure out why we're not able to motivate ourselves to get out of bed, okay? So I want you to think back to the last time that you quote unquote overslept. The reason why I keep holding this so loosely is because the time that you wake up is completely neutral. You could get up at 12 p.m. every day. It doesn't matter, right? It's what you decide to think and feel about it. But the the problem here is that Many of you are sleeping in later than you want to be sleeping in, right? So you set it in your head like, okay, I'm going to get up at seven tomorrow, or I'm going to get up at six tomorrow, I'm going to get up at nine tomorrow, whatever. You set it in your head what time you want to get up, and then that time rolls around and you don't get up, right? So I want you to get very clear on the why behind it. So think back to the last time you overslept, the last time you got up later than you wanted to get up, okay? You're cozy in your bed. Everything's great. It's like super peaceful, super cozy. The alarm goes off and you have a thought. So our work right now is to figure out what that thought is. So for a lot of people, the thought sounds a lot like, oh, not yet, or I didn't get enough sleep, or you're like making the calculations. I used to do this when my kids were little. Um, I used to like calculate the exact number of sleep that I got. Like, okay, I slept from like 11 to 2, and then I slept again from 2.30 to 5. Like I would do the math. I would literally lay in my bed and do the math and assess whether or not I got enough sleep, Um, you know, also very subjective, but like in my mind, did I get enough sleep? I'm not going to lie. I'm so glad those days are over. Those getting up with baby days. Shout out to all of you parents who are getting up with kids in the middle of the night. I see you and I love you. Okay. So it the, the thought, getting back to it, the thought that we have is something like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. It's too soon. I only got five hours. That's not enough. I'm never going to make it through the day today. I can do X, Y, Z later, like if you plan to work out or if you plan to catch up on work. Or especially now that we're in quarantine, I've been coaching on this a lot because people's schedules are a lot more flexible. And, you know, the have to get up at a certain time, it doesn't necessarily apply to you in the same way. The routine is all screwed up, okay? Um, so you can easily justify in that moment when the alarm goes off and you're so cozy snuggled under the covers, you can easily think, oh, well, I don't really need to get up today or I don't really need to get up right now or just an hour more. Okay. So I want you 
to get clear on the thought that comes up for you. So it might be different for all of you. It's totally fine. Totally, totally fine. For me, uh, what it used to be was either a calculation of the total sleep that I got and a subjective uh, determination that it was not enough, or another thing is that I used to plan to get up and exercise, but I hated exercise, right? Like I'm not the kind of person who loves exercise. I like to move my body, but I like to do it, I like to like play with my kids or go for a walk or I'm not the kind of person who's going to um, be excited about waking up early to exercise. So what I used to do is I would have this intention to wake up. Okay, I'm going to get up at six. I'm going to get up before the kids. I'm going to get up. I'm going to work out because in my mind, you have to work out before you shower because it doesn't make sense to not shower right after you work out, right? Like I had all of these very closed-minded stipulations on it. So for years, it's like I have to exercise in the morning or it's not even worth it. And then what I would do is I would wake up and I would beat myself up trying to get myself out of bed to do something that I hated to do. I was trying to get myself out of bed so that I could basically punish myself and my body. Like that was my unhealthy exercise mentality, which is a whole other podcast for a whole other day. But suffice it to say, poor body image coupled with like, you know, no desire to exercise. It's not great. It's not a good combo. Okay. So how successful do you think I was getting myself up and out of bed to do something that I hated to do? It was not successful at all. If I was successful, if I was able to beat myself up, like whip myself into action, it would last for a day, a couple days, maybe a week, and then inevitably I would like be like, never mind, this isn't for me. I also went through a period of time feeling like I really should be the kind of person who gets up early. I don't really know why this got in my brain, but it did. And I will tell you that that was also not a very motivating thought. So I would like set things for myself to do early in the morning, uh, which is hysterical now looking back at it. (laughs) Absolutely hysterical and a little sad if I'm being honest because I really didn't know myself very well. But um, I just, the thought like I should get up is not a helpful thought to me for my brain, my body, it doesn't get me out of bed. So you really should be the person that gets out of bed. It's not motivating. That is really, if anything, like demeaning and demotivating, okay? So for years, I struggled to get up when I wanted to get up. And part of that was I did not have a clear and good and realistic picture of what that looks like. But this year, I had a completely different experience. And it was so, the contrast is so incredible that I had to talk to you about it. So in September, my son started middle school and he had to get up at like 6.15 every day. And without fail, I got up at 6.30 Monday through Friday without complaining, 
without feeling sorry for myself, without missing a day. I got up every single day. The latest that I would get up would be like 6.40. That would be like sleeping in. 6.40. That's early for me. I'm not an early bird, right? So what was the difference? What made it so that I could be so consistent? I didn't have a better system. I had an alarm clock with sunshine, which I highly recommend. But I didn't have some sort of like intricate alarm system or like, you know, alarm across the room or motivational, you know, sayings playing or anything like that. I did not have a better system. Do you know what I had? I had a different thought. It was so shocking to me to reflect on this. My son would wake up at 6.15. Our restroom is right next to our uh, master bedroom. And so I would hear him get into the shower and I would think, okay, Owen's up. I need to be up with him. And when I really take the time to consider what was driving that thought, it was this deep belief that 11-year-olds should have a parent get up with them in the morning. Now, that's not a fact. There are, I'm sure, lots of 11-year-olds around the world that get up on their own. They can take care of their business and they leave for school at the right time. But in my head, I have the thought, which I believe so hard that it it came in, it became an actual belief, 11-year-olds should not be alone in the morning. That was my thought. And, and that thought worked for me. That's what I want you to see. It's not even necessarily true, but it worked for me, okay? Um, it made it so that I got my butt out of bed no matter how much sleep I had the night prior. No matter, like I didn't sit there and calculate, well, you know, like I could get up right now, but I only had four hours of sleep. So I think I just won't get up. I never, ever had a thought like that. Isn't that shocking? Like when I look at my past history of waking up and then I look at the last however many months since September, if I could do fast math, I would, but I can't. Um... I think it is absolutely shocking that for like six months in a row, I was able to consistently get up at 6.30 every single day. Shocking. So what is very important is that we find the thoughts that hold you in bed, and then we find a helpful thought that's going to get you out of bed. So now, Owen does not have to wake up at 6.30. He does not have to go to school at a certain time. Everything is completely jacked up. And what I have learned, though, is that I can take the same skill set and apply it now. So I want to tell you what I did. When I started getting up with Owen in the morning, I would walk from my bedroom to the coffee pot. No talking, no interacting nothing in between me and the coffee pot. It became this ritual, this like, this is the first and most important thing that I do. I honor my body and I put caffeine into it. Now, some of you would question whether or not that is honoring to my body, but for me, 
a cup of Starbucks Pike Place in the morning is the best thing that I can do ever. (laughs) What I noticed start to happen about a month after I implemented that ritual of like wake up, drink a cup of coffee, was that I started to fantasize about my cup of coffee the night before. So around like 9 p.m. after we put the kids to bed and I would walk out to the kitchen to like whatever, grab a snack or tidy up, I would see the coffee pot and I would be like, oh, baby, I will see you in the morning. And I started to get very um, excited about the coffee. Now, that might sound weird, but I think it was really, really helpful. I started to associate my mornings with the warm, cozy, delicious cup of coffee, okay? Instead of associating morning with, I need to beat myself to get out of bed to do something that I don't like to do, I started associating it with something that I really, really, really enjoyed, and I started looking forward to it in advance. And this, I think, is so, so, so key. I think it's so important to figure out what do you love about the morning and what can you incorporate that you feel like is such a treat and how can you really begin to look forward to it, to think about it. And I will tell you what happened. When my alarm would go off, I would start to think about my coffee intentionally. I would start to like dream about it and smell it and be like, it's going to be so cozy. I'm going to sit on my little corner of the couch with my cozy blanket and a cup of coffee and I'm going to scroll Instagram for 15 minutes while Owen finishes up getting ready for school. It just became this amazing ritual. Now, yours does not have to look like mine. Okay, does not. Um, you might not even like coffee, and that's totally fine. You might not like Instagram, that's totally fine. But what will work for you? Here's what we know we know that beating yourself up is not going to work. We know that telling yourself you should get up is not going to work. We know that having the thought, I didn't get enough sleep, is not going to work. We know that justifying staying in bed is not going to work, okay? We know all of that. So what we need to incorporate is what do you love? What thought is going to be compelling to you? What ritual is going to feel like such a treat in the morning that you would be willing to leave the cozy, soft sheets of your bed to get up and do? Okay, so I want to talk about three different areas. The first thing is what we need to stop believing, okay? We need to stop believing that we're entitled to a good night's sleep. And I know that's really hard, but we're just not entitled to sleeping well. It has never been promised to us. It's not something that we should get, like, oh, I should be able to sleep for eight hours. No, you shouldn't. Especially if you have ADHD, you probably will not um, have an easy time sleeping unless, my friend, you are on the super inattentive side, in which case you might love sleep and you might sleep all the time. But you have, well, 
that didn't even make sense. If you have any kind of hyperactivity in you, it is very likely that you struggle to sleep. It's very likely that noises wake you up and that when they do, you have a hard time getting back to sleep. And I just want to say that we are not entitled to a good night's sleep. So if we really do believe that, then uh, we will have an easier time getting out of bed. Okay, so it's totally fine if we didn't get a good night's sleep. Totally fine. We can still get up. Another thing we have to stop believing is that it's going to be a terrible day if we didn't get seven or eight or nine hours of sleep. Okay, that thought is going to keep us in bed. It can be a great day. You get to decide what kind of day it is. It doesn't matter if you've had four hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep, you still get to decide what kind of day it's going to be. And then we really, 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 really need to stop believing that we are going to wake up to do something that we hate to do. It's very unlikely that you are going to wake up and do something that you hate to do. So if you are using your mornings to punish yourself, I beg you to stop. A lot of you don't get what you want to get done and then you punish yourself by saying, well, I have to set my alarm for 6 a.m. tomorrow to now get it done because I didn't get it done today. And I just want to invite you to stop. That's not helpful. And then you oversleep and then you beat yourself up for oversleeping because you didn't want to get up to do the thing that you were using as a punishment anyway. Are you with me? Are you following what I'm saying? Mornings are not for punishments. If you do have work you need to catch up on, that's totally fine. But that first half an hour needs to be about taking care of yourself. It needs to be about getting your fuel in you, whatever that looks like. If it's a smoothie or if it's coffee or if it's whatever. If you drink soda in the morning, do you? That would be so weird. But hey, maybe you do, right? Like whatever that fuel is, That needs to be like priority number one. What I wish I could go back and do is take care of myself when I had little kids. I was really, really, really bad at self-care. Well, just in general because like ADHD, hello. But also, especially when I had little kids. And what I would do is wait to get out of bed until basically they were like screaming and crying. And then it was like waking up at the office but you like are so unprepared for your day, right? So you're like waking up at work and everybody's mad at you and you're so unprepared. And so what I wish I could do is go back and like take care of myself. Like, hey, just get up and enjoy your life in the morning. Don't try to punish yourself by waking up. Don't try to punish yourself by, you know, finishing the tasks that you didn't get done yesterday. Just wake up and take care of yourself. Your first 15, 20, 30 minutes needs to be equivalent to the like comfort of laying in your bed. And if it is, if you can really begin to enjoy that first 30 minutes, I truly believe that you will start getting up on time. 
you will wake up when you want to wake up because you're not getting up in order to do something that you hate or you're not getting up in order to punish yourself or you're not getting up and then causing yourself immediate discomfort. You're getting up, you're doing something that you love, you're taking care of yourself, you're finding something that's equally as satisfying as laying in your bed. Okay, next you need to start recognizing that moment of decision, the moment when the alarm goes off and you decide what you're going to do. Now, I want to offer to you that eventually uh, the decision is not even a decision. It's like alarm goes off, I get out of bed. But right now it's going to be a ritual of deciding every single day but i want to remind you you're not deciding to get up and punish yourself you're deciding to get up and do something that you love and so that decision can sound a lot like this the alarm goes off you immediately think oh too soon i didn't get enough sleep last night and then you start to coach yourself hey it doesn't really matter how much sleep you got seven o'clock, we set our alarm, we're going to get up. But listen, we're going to get that coffee and that coffee's going to taste real good. And then you can sit on the couch and you can do whatever. What do you like to do? You can read the news. I would say do it in small bites, but whatever, read the news. Okay. Or you can watch funny videos on Facebook, or you can drink your coffee and read your Bible, like whatever it is that you're just so loving, loving, loving to do that feels like a treat, that's what we're going to do. So you don't need to go back to sleep because actually getting out of bed is going to be just as comfortable as being in bed. Do you see that? So there is a point of decision. There's that point where your brain offers to you, I don't really need to get up. And then you can offer something back. You don't have to believe what your brain tells you. You can offer back to your brain, well, actually we can get up and we're gonna take care of you, and we're gonna treat you real nice, okay? So start recognizing that point of decision where you're deciding whether or not to go back to sleep, and at that point, you start telling yourself all the great things you're gonna do, and I do not mean all the good stuff you're gonna get done. Please do not misunderstand me. What I mean is all the things you're gonna do to make yourself feel good, because right now, bed feels good, right? Nothing feels better than bed. And you have to convince your brain that there are things on the other side that do feel just as good. Now, maybe you're like me. Maybe you have a scenario where like you get up with your kids or you, um, you know, you can find a compelling thought. Like, like I said, it was so shocking to me how compelling it was to know that Owen was getting up and out of bed. That was the best body double I've ever had. So I could hear him in the shower. And when he turned the shower off, that was my cue. I was like, okay, time to party. Well, not party actually, but time to get that coffee. (laughs) Okay. So maybe something like that. Maybe if you have a partner, but you haven't relied on him or her um, to be a body double for you, maybe now is a great time to be like, hey, When you get up, could you like open the shades for me? That would be really helpful. I don't need you to say anything to me. Don't need you to parent me, but just like if you could open the shades or turn on the light, that would be really helpful or turn on the music or whatever, right? So don't be afraid to enlist the help of someone else. I will say that there are some things 
some systems that can be really helpful. I've already mentioned the clock that lights up. Um, you can find so many different versions on Amazon. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be pretty, but I would for sure recommend getting a clock that lights up. Uh, to me, that's been really helpful. Um, another thing is making it so that your alarm is across the room and you have to get out of bed to turn it off. Another way is sleeping with your phone in the kitchen instead of next to your bed um, and using a real alarm clock instead of your phone. So a lot of people like stay in bed on their phones. And if that's you, it's a really simple solution. Just plug it in somewhere else. So of course there are uh, you know, actions that we can talk about and coach on. But for the most part, it's just thoughts. It's just thoughts like, I deserve a better night's sleep, or it's going to be a bad day unless I get another hour of sleep. Um, those thoughts are the thoughts that keep us in bed. And we're never, ever, ever going to wake up when we want to wake up if we cannot learn to manage our minds. Of course, I'm going to suggest doing a thought download on this. If you cannot uh, pretty quickly identify the thoughts, then just start stream of consciousness writing about it. So grab a piece of paper. It can be a piece of scrap paper and just ask yourself, um, you know, what thoughts am I having in the morning when my alarm clock goes off? And just start writing. Your brain will eventually tell you um, it, because it has the secrets. Your brain has all of the answers that you need. Most of us just are not ever taught how to utilize our brains. And that is what I'm so passionate about because I know, my friend, that you can make changes. You can make improvements. You can try and fail and try and fail and try and fail your way to success. It is totally worth it. And I will say, did I even say this? I don't know if I even said this. Okay. Owen can get up whenever he wants, but I am still setting my alarm for 7 or 7.30 and I'm getting up when it goes off. And the reason why is because I'm imagining that coffee, that quiet place on the couch, that soft blanket, and a couple peaceful minutes to myself. Um, it's wonderful. I am so happy that I am able to continue to get up. Now, I'm not saying that I'm productive right away. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. That's not the point. The point is I'm getting out of bed when I want to, and I know that you can too. All right, peeps, that's it. I just think you're great. I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast. I hope you have an awesome week. I'll see you next time. If you're being treated for your ADHD, but you still don't feel like you're reaching your potential, you've got to join Focused. It's my monthly coaching membership where I teach you how to tame your wild thoughts and create the life that you've always wanted. No matter what season of life you're in or where you are in the world, Focused is for you. All materials and call recordings are stored in the site for you to access at your convenience. Go to IHaveADHD.com slash focused for all the info. 